All right, everybody, welcome to Wednesday night service. Amen. Who's glad to be in the house of the Lord tonight? Praise the Lord. We are going to have an awesome time uh, studying the Word and, uh, and just getting to be together. I love it. It's a great time of year, isn't it, coming in here? And it's all nice and a cool breeze outside. It just makes everything a little bit better. Amen. Let's go ahead and stand up tonight. We're going to open up just like we always do by speaking some words of faith over the United States of America. And we're going to keep boldly proclaiming the truth. Amen. And we're going to see our words come to pass. Hallelujah. Let's speak this together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, give Jesus some praise. (laughs) So then you may be seated. Okay. Well, we got plenty of announcements going on as we are getting into the busy and wonderful time of the year. And so, uh, first of all, we, of course, know that Harvest Fest is coming up, amen, on Friday, October 28th. And uh, again, we are really, really excited this year. I, I need a little more excitement. Who's ready for Harvest Fest? Come on, yeah. We've had a whole team working on this for months, and it is going to be the biggest and best one ever. And I believe that we're going to see the most people receive Jesus that we've ever seen before. Who's got their faith out there on that with me? Come on, yeah. All right, and so we've got some fundraisers coming up. There's so many that I have to look at the screen because I, I I don't know. All right, so uh, uh, of course we still got Heavenly Beauty Salon doing the nails. All right, for the rest of September, twenty five dollars for uh, manicures, pedicures, and then she's giving fifty percent of that to the church. Krispy Kreme donut orders are going in. Uh, if you have questions, you can see Casey on that. We're still doing that. Still got that going. And then the yard sale is this Saturday. All right. This Saturday, and Raymond, did I hear right that it's at your house? Okay, it is at Raymond's house, and that's on the corner of Virginia Way and um, Muriel, right? Okay, Virginia Way and Muriel, and so you'll see our High Desert Word Center people out there, and it's a really, really good location for a yard sale, but I believe if you, I don't know if you still got some donations, we could try to get it to talk to Casey or Desiree or Raymond, and uh, and they'll try to get them from you, and... uh, they can pick up anytime, all right? So just talk to them, and they'll get those from you, and it's all going to help us get Harvest Fest going, all right? And then Carl's Jr. this Sunday, we'll have some flyers out. If you grab one of the little flyers at church, they're going to give a portion of your order uh, towards Harvest Fest, so that's also a really good one. And then there's a spaghetti dinner coming up in a couple of weeks, and of course, that's all from the church, and so all that profit will go straight towards Harvest Fest. So We're doing a whole lot to make it the best that we've ever made it. But the biggest thing you can do is this. Are you ready for the biggest thing? You can bring in candy. We've got to have candy, 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 candy. All right. And so the uh, the bins are out there by the info booth. You put it in the kids bin if you want the kids to win the competition, the teenage one, if you want the youth group to win it. But either way, we just need candy because they're trying to do 1,500 bags this year. And I believe that we're going to do it. And we're going to do it really, really well. All right. 
Uh, missions trip info. We're just kind of getting these dates out there. Of course, we'll talk a whole lot more about this over the coming months. We've got about a nine-month notice, so that's a pretty good leadway on this thing. But uh, we are planning a missions trip to Honduras on June 15th through 21st of 2023 and we would be going with Ron and Annette Thiesen who uh, they were here just a few weeks ago but we were helping them in their school and uh, and doing street outreach and going to some of the villages and all sorts of stuff so uh, it's a really really awesome opportunity and uh, we're, they're saying approximately ballpark cost would be about $1,500 a person. Of course, that would depend on the price of airline tickets, um, you know, between now and then. But either way, hey, if it's God's will, it's God's bill. You're going to have the money, aren't you? Thank you. Yes. All right. So it's coming in. Your father is rich and he will supply all of your needs. Who knows that tonight? All right. Uh, and then another one coming up is on October 2nd. My dad announced this on Sunday. We are going to be having our transition service uh, where, uh, where they're going to be transitioning the senior pastoral role over to Pastor Katie and I. And mom and dad are going to be uh, still doing the same thing they've always done, being in a, a, a leadership role and oversight pastors is what we're calling them. So not a lot may seem like it's changing, but we're making official what's kind of been going on for the past several years. Do we understand that? Okay, all right, because everyone looks a little bit lost on that. But if you have questions, just ask us, okay? And we'll, <laughs> we'll explain it. Uh, here's uh, one more announcement. The Lyft Family Dinner at the Park is coming up on Tuesday. Yes, October 11th from 5 p.m. until it gets dark and they kick you out. Uh, so you can bring some dinner for your crew and uh, maybe a little bit to share. And it's going to be at the H Street Park. Uh, Lawrence and Leah will be in charge of that. But the last uh, family night at the park went really, really, really well. And so we want to do one more before it gets too cold for that. So really excited. Make sure you come out. And it's going to be lots of games, lots of food, lots of fellowship. It is going to be awesome. All right. Who knows what time it is now? Yes. It's happy time. The kids know. Man, the kids are getting happy. I like that. All right. If you need an envelope, you can raise your hand and the ushers will get you one. And tonight, we're going to open up our Bibles to Psalm 37. Psalm 37. Yeah. It is a good one. I love Psalm 37. If you're giving online, you can go to hdwc.org slash giving. But Psalm 37, and we're going to look at verses 21 to 22 in the NL team. And I love this, man. It says, the wicked borrow and never repay. That's not a good thing to do. All right? You know, maybe you've probably had someone do that to you before. But the truth of the matter is the Bible says it's a wicked thing to borrow and then not repay it. That ain't right. But check it out. What about godly people? But the godly are generous Givers, Amen. How many godly people we got in the house tonight? Yeah. Generous givers. It's no thing. It's no big thing at all uh, for the godly to say, hey, I see a need. I want to take care of it. I see Harvest Fest going on. I want to get involved in that. The godly, they love to give. They're generous givers. And then notice verse 22. It says, those the Lord blesses will possess the land, but those he curses will die. And that's, not, that's no fun to talk about, but I'm looking at that. Those the Lord blesses 
will possess the land. Do you know that as God is blessing you in your life, it is his will for his children to possess the land. Why should God's kids be the ones always on the bottom? Why should God's kids always be the ones trying to, trying to, you know, get help from everywhere else? No, it's God's will that we possess the land and that we are the generous givers. Somebody ought to say amen tonight. That's good news. Amen. All right. Well, let's go ahead and stand up together. We are going to speak some words of faith over our tithes and our offerings tonight. Praise God. And we do this because everything we do is by faith because the word tells us that anything that is not of faith is sin. And so certainly we don't want to be in the category of sin, do we? All right, let's go ahead and we'll speak these words of faith together and then come on up to the altar. Let's worship God and have a good time tonight. Amen. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth and business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's go. Okay, let's praise the Lord together. Join us up here at the altar. When we speak His Word, it gives us life, it gives us joy. Let's sing this. It's always like springtime with you, making all things new. Your light is
what you do. This is what you do. You make me come alive. This is what you do. This is what you do. You make me come alive. This is what you do. This is what you do. You make me come alive. This is what you do. This is what you do. You make me come alive. 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 What you do? This is what you do. This is what you do. You make me come alive. This is what you do. This is what you do. You make me come alive. This is what you do. This is what you do. You make me come alive. This is what you do. This is what you do. You make me come alive. It's like I'm living for the first time. I'm finally living for the first time. It's like I'm living for the first time. I'm finally living for the first time. still stands great is your faithfulness faithfulness I'm still in your hands this is my confidence that you never let's sing that again your promise still stands Great is your faithfulness, faithfulness. I'm still in your hands, and this is my confidence that you never failed me. I know the night won't last Your word will come to pass My heart will sing your praise again Jesus, you're still enough me within your love, and my heart will sing your praise again. 
trust in your promise. And your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. And this is my confidence that you never sing that again. Your promise still stands, and great is your faithfulness, your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands, and this is my confidence that you never failed me.
Father, we're so glad that we can call you Father. I know you're God to the world, but we're born again now. We're your sons, we're your daughters, so you're our Father. You're not just dear God. Oh, Father, we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for the words of the Bible, Lord. You said above all else you want us to prosper and be in health, even as our soul prospers. Father, we want to thank you that it's your will for us to be delivered from the sins and the addictions that are so rampant around us, Lord. It's your will for us not to live in fear, but to have confidence and faith in our future, Lord, knowing that you're in control. As we get into your holy word tonight, I thank you for giving me utterance to speak it as I ought to speak and open the spiritual ears, the eyes, the hearts of the hearers, Lord, so they can see and know what to do about their future. We give you praise and glory that by the time this little session we have nights over with, people are going to see things they need to see so they can go on to the next page of their life. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Woo! Hallelujah. Well, I'm so glad to be here, aren't you? This is better than the best rehab center in all of Southern California. Better than the best hospital or even the nicest jail. Amen. I'm glad to be here. It's nice to be in the house of God. Amen. And freedom in the Lord. I want to show you a book out of the bookstore I saw a while ago called Processing the Plan of God Through Prayer. Processing the Plan of God Through Prayer. And I was so delighted to see that in the bookstore back in the uh, 90s. This book on prayer probably changed my life more in praying effectively than any book I've ever read on prayer. This is such an awesome, awesome, awesome book. He explains things and teaches things so well in there that back in Indiana, I bought these for my whole congregation, and we studied these and prayed these and learned how to pray on these things to where actually in that little congregation in Martinsville, Indiana, every Sunday night at 6 o'clock before service, I'd have at least 50, 60 or more people show up, and we prayed, and we prayed. And God did big things in our church, big things in people's life. But anyway... There's a few of those back there that I saw. I didn't know we had them until I looked at the bookstore a while ago. And I highly recommend to anybody that wants to be a serious prayer. It's a simple book, but it's good. And I'll tell you what, it'll change your life forever. And this is one of those books, you don't just read it one time and say, I read that. This is one of those books you keep in your library and you pull it out and study it. And it will really work and change your life. So anyway, that's a really, really excellent book. And also I saw a lot of new books back there that are really good. Now, how many are ready for a life-changing experience tonight? Amen. Well, I'll tell you, the, the Lord, what he's got to be teaching on, he gave me the sermon this morning, and then he gave me the title afterwards, and it's actually a word he gave me back in September of the year 2000. I had an extended period of time with him, and just one day he said these words to me, the spiritual always determines the natural, good or bad. He spoke that to me. The spiritual always determines the natural, good or bad. And tonight we're going to look in the Word of God, just two simple passages. I've taught them dozens of times, or hundreds of times maybe, 
but never together like I'm bringing them together tonight. It's a fresh way. As we get into it, you're going to probably think you've been here a while. Well, I've heard that before, and I know that. Well, I'm glad you did, because I didn't know as much as I know now since this morning when God talked to me. So I know more about it now than I did, and you're going to really understand some things you need to understand. Look at Psalms 1. Psalms 1. And, you know, as we were worshiping the Lord, I was thinking about that statement, the spiritual eyes determines the natural, good or bad. How many here are like me? At one point in time, you were lost and without God, you were a sinner. You didn't, ha- you didn't have eternal life in you. You didn't have the Holy Spirit in you. You were just a person that you thought everything was okay. You, you ever saw anything much wrong with anybody. You're not hurting anybody. You're a good person. And, you know, you, didn't, you, know, you might have cussed a little bit, but not a lot. Might have drank a little bit, but not a lot. And, you know, you just... Uh, you got mad at people, but you had a right to. If you had a, you know, somebody wrong, you had a right to get mad and stay mad and get even. And then that's a natural, that's a natural thing. Is that natural? Your life's a natural life. And then Jesus told us in John chapter 3, you must be born again. Right? And then he said, that's, that's, said that's, said that, that, that's a birth from above. It's a spiritual birth. Happens on the inside of the spirit. And then he's, then Jesus made this statement. He said, you can't see inside of a person that change. You can't see the born again in them. You can't see the change. But said, just like the, just like the wind, you can't see the wind. You can see what it does. You know, if, if, if you're looking out your window and there's nothing out there but desert and no flags around to see or no leaves blowing or anything, no tree branches, you don't know if it's windy or not. The wind out there can be 50 miles an hour. There can be no wind. If there's nothing out there to move, you don't know it's blowing. But if you look out the window and you see the flag going, tumbleweeds flying, tree branches moving, then you can see what the wind's doing. Jesus said you can't see the new birth, but you can see what it does. All of a sudden, you're doing something, talking to people. Instead of saying what you say, you say, oh, shucks. Oh, darn it. I can't believe I did that. And start saying things like that. Because of the inside of you, you changed. You don't want to cuss anymore. I know for me, I was such a serious cigarette smoker. I got immediately delivered. I know that for a, probably a year, whatever I had in my hand, a pen or pencil, it go to my mouth. <laughs> my hand was so trained for smoking that my body still wanted to put something in my mouth. I'd be, I'd be, I was a truck driver. I'd be signing freight bills for a customer, and all of a sudden, my hand was put the pen in my mouth. Stop it! Stop it! But see what I'm saying? The spiritual changed my natural life. I didn't cuss anymore. And when people wronged me, I didn't get mad and unforgiving anymore. I said, that's all right, no problem. In Jesus' name, everything's okay. Jesus loves you, I love you, don't worry about it. I totally changed. That wasn't me. And so my spiritual on the inside changed. And nobody can see that. I come to work, I'd be at that point in time... Don't tell anybody else. I had an afro. I had a beard. I wore platform shoes and bell bottoms. And I finally got rid of that. But on the outside, all they saw was that same goofy hippie still coming in here. <laughs> but guess what? Goofball didn't cuss anymore. Goofball didn't get mad at customers anymore and tear up their freight before they got it. Oh. <laughs> Oh, boy, that's a, bad, that's a bad time to live if I was delivering your boxes. 
But after I got born again, it was the right time to live because your stuff got taken care of. And so what I'm saying, the spiritual, in terms of natural, good or bad, but after you get born again, you got to go on and start growing. you got to do some things to be able to start maturing and growing up and not just knowing how to call the prayer line. You need to get to the place where you can be the prayer line. God wants you to grow. So anyway, here's some simple things to look at, but you're going to like where this ends up. Psalms 1, verse 1. Blessed is the man or the woman that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Well, before I was born again, all the counsel I had was the ungodly because I was the ungodly. Amen. That's who I was. And standing in the way of sinners, that means people have never been born again. Well, sinners hang out with sinners. Christians are supposed to be a light to the sinners. And if we hang out with them all the time and don't hang out with some godly people, our light's going to go out. And you know, this, this is something Christians, whenever I read this, I've got to make sure people understand. If you're already working out in an ungodly world, eight or ten hours a day, every day, and you get off work, you shouldn't want to go hang around with people that are cussing, cursing, don't believe in anything at all what you believe in, because good come a point in time, they pull you down to their level again. And so we're already, we're already a witness 10, 12 hours a day to people that don't know Jesus. But he said, he said, he said we're a witness to all the world, but don't live like the world. And so I just know that for me, since I've been a Christian, my greatest joy wasn't going out with people that wanted to drink all the time and cuss all the time and wanted to curse everything all the time. But I sure do love witnessing to them. And then on occasion, on occasion, the Lord would have me go to places where they were to be a witness. But I always considered myself a missionary to the world. And so whenever I went to a place where it was 99% uh, ungodly people, I said, Lord, I'm not going in here to partake of their sin. I'm going in here to be a missionary to them. I'm coming in here to share what you've got with them. And Lord, I don't like what they're doing. I don't embrace what they're doing. I'm not going to participate in what they're doing. I'm coming here because I believe in my heart you've led me here to help these people. Amen. But I've never, ever, ever hung around people drinking everything because I want to drink with them. Or I want to dope with them. And so that's what he's talking about there. We're a witness all day long, but then we got it. We, we got, once, once, our, once we're off the clock and it's time to go, we need to start getting around somebody's going to put something into us. Amen. I'm doing better preaching than you are shouting. Amen. It says, it says uh, don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Well, the ungodly, now you, you notice there, he says sinners, but he says ungodly first. To me, the ungodly is basically talking about carnal Christians. How many know that all Christians don't believe that you should be in church more than just Sunday morning at Christmas time or at Easter or baby dedications? And so that's people. Ungodly to me means non-word people. God is word and one of the same. Jesus is the word. And so if you walk in the council of people that may be a preacher. They may be Christians who go to church sometimes, but if they give you counsel that's not, not in line with God's word, then you've got the wrong counsel. You know that all preachers 
You don't believe in tithing? All preachers don't believe that God wants you healed? All preachers don't believe that God wants you to prosper and be in health? And so if you, and I know this from experience from helping Christians for, for, for 40 years as a pastor in different, you know, different ministries and things. I know this. I've had people get born again, have financial trouble, and they come want me to help them. And then they tell me, they talked to the last pastor they had, and he said, well, don't give anything to church or anything. You need, a, you need that money for yourself. That's ungodly counsel by a man of God. Because the Bible says, bring your tithe to the storehouse so God can open the windows of heaven and bless you. And so, see, that's natural thinking. That's natural thinking, and natural thinking will not get you supernatural help. And so it says, blessed is the man that uh, doesn't receive ungodly counsel. And then the last part of that verse says, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. And there's a whole lot of scornful Christians. Some of them go to this church. What does scornful mean? Scornful means somebody that murmurs, whines, complains about everything, but does nothing to change anything. I want to say that again. A scorner, they murmur, they whine. No matter what the subject is, they got something negative to say. And I'll tell you what, in the time we live in right now with the shape of our country in so many areas, it's really easy to become a scornful person. If you're going to throw stones at everything, then you better be willing to jump in and change something, or you're a scorner. If you're not willing to fix it, then don't be critical of the one that's got it broke. And we're talking about it says, blessed is a man that doesn't hang out with scorners. But, look at this, but. Pastor Dave taught you about the but the other day. Well, this but here then is just the opposite of verse 1. Verse 1 tells you what not to do, and now verse 2 he says, but, then here's what you're supposed to do. But, your delight is in the law of the Lord, in the Word of God. You're not supposed to do those things, but you're supposed to delight yourself in the Word of God. Well, I go to church uh, two or three times a month or two or three times a year. Well, you're not delighting in the Word of God then. So what are you doing the 99.99% the rest of the time? You're hanging out with scorners, hanging out with the ungodly. You're getting all your information, your counsel off the ungodly news, off ungodly people that watch the ungodly news. Can you see what I'm saying? We're talking about the spiritual determines the natural, good or bad. He says, but his delight is in the word of God, and in his law, his word, doth he meditate day and night. Now, I'm going to look at that in just a second. But you meditate day and night. And so if you're a person that watches who you hang out with and you choose to fall in love with God's word, then verse 3 says, here's what you're like. And this is a natural example of a spiritual life. But he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Like a tree planted by the rivers of water. You know, back where I came from, back in the Midwest, back in Indiana... I like that verse, but it sure took on a different meaning when I come out to the Mojave Desert. I found out you find some trees out here that get close to that underground river. You can see the difference between a tree by that river and a tree out in the middle of nowhere. Amen. Like a tree planted by the rivers of water, what's it do? Brings forth his fruit in his season. 
His leaf also shall not prosper, shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. 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 Was that the man that hangs out with people all the time that are murmuring, whining, complaining, talking negative, putting down on everything, and never talk about Jesus because they're not born again? They criticize Christians? No, it's a person that delights himself in the Word of God and meditates in the Word of God day and night. And I'm going to explain meditate a little more in a minute, but I want, I want you to get a hold of this before I do. Now stop and think about what I'm going to say. How many here have ever planted anything at all? A seed in a flower pot, a plant in your yard, or anything? Anybody's ever planted anything? Well, what happens if you plant something and you never put any water in it? It can be perfectly good seed, but it dies. Well, meditating on the Word of God is like water in the seed that's planted. But you know, when you're a new Christian, like I was many years ago, anything the Bible said, I mean, for me to even look at the cover and read the word Bible, that was light to me because I never read the Bible. That was Holy Bible. I said, whoa, boy, I got blessed by that just saying Holy Bible. You know, it just almost... I remember when I first saw that word Holy Bible and looked at that, I almost cringed and wanted to fall because I thought, man, <laughs> I can't do this. I might get struck by lightning even touching a Bible. But, you know, after I got comfortable with the Bible, then I got blessed by just hearing that. Then I'd sit in a church service and I'd hear a preacher teach about healing. And man, as soon as he talked about healing, that just lit me up so much. I thought, wow, that's for me. You know what that was? That was a seed planted it's some hungry soil. Jesus said our spirits are God's soil. So when that seed was planted, it was there. And the first time I heard that God wanted me to prosper and not be broke. God wanted me to be a lender, not a borrower. When I heard that, man, I tell you what, that was just, that, that, that was premier seed. It hit the soil of my heart, and that seed was planted. But guess what? It wasn't watered. If you never meditated the Word of God, then you've got seed that will never grow because it's not getting watered. The spiritual determines the natural, good or bad. And when you come to a church service, the next time you hear that taught on whatever the subject is, it's getting watered in the church service by the Holy Spirit because you're hearing it again. First time you heard it, it got planted. Next time you heard it, you got some water on it. Then when you go home and you study it, you're watering it some more. And you water it some more, then it says it'll bring forth fruit in due season. You don't say it says fruit in his season. That's why we have things in the Bible like patience, long-suffering, sticking with it, don't quit in due season. You know, I think about the stuff you grow. You plant something out in your yard. I've not been a great success with growing stuff in California. I'm not going to put any curses on myself. I just don't do it anymore. But I know back where I used to be able to have great success, whenever we planted things where I knew how to grow it at, I didn't get a harvest next week. I remember I used to like my dad. I always kind of followed my dad. He liked to plant radishes, green onions and things like that. And it was so exciting 
when I'd dig up a garden spot where I lived at, added water, I wouldn't see anything. And then after a few weeks, all of a sudden, the little bitty green things start coming out of the ground. Or those tomato plants start growing up and you get little yellow blossoms on them. It didn't happen in one month. We kept on watering and kept on working them. And then finally, after a while, guess what came? The season for fruit. And then things came. Well, see, the spiritual determines the natural, good or bad. In your life, the first time you hear something taught in the Bible, whatever the subject is, there's so many things. Family success. Favor of God. Promotion. Delivers from addictions. Whatever it is you hear. Trained up your children the right way. Man, if you work, to work those kids over 15 years, give God a year if you treat them right to see things change. I want to say that one more time. People don't get that sometimes. Man, if you live like an idiot with them the first 15 years of their life, man, give God a year. Well, that's the absolute truth. I've watched.